Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. and welcome back to Spirit School. I am so excited to be here with you talking about a topic I have never really talked about on the podcast before, but it is a topic that I have mentored on for the past two years in my business. I have a whole program around it called The Calling, and this is around charging and money and spirituality. I'm going to talk to you about it from a bit of a historical lens for myself, my journey with pricing myself and increasing my prices, and then also providing, based through my experiences, some signs, some experiences you may be having as you are considering transitioning from practice readings into charging for your abilities. We'll see how this goes. Again, this is something that I have had to be self-taught in. I have never had a mediumship mentor myself talk about pricing or charging or all the complexities and all the healing that comes up when it comes to considering your spiritual practice a business. And I actually remember when I first opened up my spiritual practice in 2017 for the public, of course, this was my fourth year of mediumship development before I started charging for my services. I did receive a very negative comment from my mentor who I really looked up to. I was telling her, you know, I think I might want to hire like a business coach because I know nothing about running a business. There was no entrepreneurs in my family. It is not something that was ever taught at school. From what I understand, even business programs at university really just prepare you to enter the corporate world, not so much about starting your own business. And the critique I got right away, which was really disheartening and really evoked within me a lot of healing that was required around seeing my practice as a business was, this isn't a business. You can't think about being wealthy from doing this. And that didn't even enter my mind that, you know, one day I could be a millionaire doing this. This isn't like a get rich quick scheme. And the essence that I got from the critique that I experienced from somebody I admired so much really made me question my own mindset around charging for my spiritual gifts. So there was a lot of wounds that came up. And I know that a lot of the wounds that we carry around, you know, charging for our spiritual practices are not always ours to carry. They are the wounds maybe of our mentors or our family or even just witch wounds that are very intergenerational in manner that we are carrying old stories that maybe don't serve us in our current day models in the way that we do things. And the truth is, when I reflected back on the criticism that I got from my first mentor, it made no sense to me that people wouldn't see this as a business because when I first launched my practice and started charging, I actually needed a district business license, which was, you know, $150 a year. When I exceeded a certain amount of income, which took me a couple years, I needed to start charging GST. I knew that I didn't have a whole lot of acumen for financial management when it came to figuring out the taxes. So I actually had to hire a bookkeeper and an accountant 
And so in every other way that you look at your spiritual practice, it is a business. It functions as a business. If you are collecting money and you need to pay different companies for systems for booking, Zoom costs money, my acuity, which you book your sessions through costs money. And those are expenses. And I only get to claim them as expenses if I'm filing taxes. Like in every way, these spiritual practices are businesses. And for me, it was hard to see it as that because I didn't have any examples out there in the real world of people who talked about it as if it was a business. And that was a really big part of my growing path as a medium. For me, I was very surprised early on in my full-time adventure when I quit my corporate career and I went full-time in 2020 that immediately most people started hiring me to not help them develop with their mediumship as much as how do I charge? What do I charge? Like, what do I do when this person's unhappy? And what do I do when I don't feel like I met their need? And when it comes time to increase my prices, like the same wounds are coming up. And a lot of people are hiring me to help them navigate seeing their practices as a business and creating the systems and structures that support them so that they can just show up and serve and do what they love. So I'm going to share a little bit about my personal journey with charging for readings. And then I'm going to go into some signs that you may experience yourself if you're, you know, moving from practice readings into charging some, you know, signs that the spirit world may leave us that it's time to start, you know, getting to that next level, time to start creating a more equitable energy exchange when it comes to what we have put into our development and what we are outputting as far as impact in the world. And I'm going to talk to you about some common stories that you may carry with you when it comes to charging for your spiritual services. And then of course, some closing thoughts on this. Going from practice sessions to paid readings is a huge shift and it's very scary. For me, because the first mediumship experience I had with a sitter was so profound and so heartbreaking at the same time, I was very much aware that I needed to understand my gift before I would even consider working for the public. Not even charging, that was not even in my awareness for a few years of my development, but I had the understanding of the influence that we have and the impact that we can have on a sitter. And I really wanted to know what I was doing before I even considered working for the public. And even back then, I was just thinking practice readings for the public. And that was because, you know, the first spirit I communicated with was a very young man and I was working with his mother. And there's a very next level state of grief and pressure that readers can feel when connecting because we want to do good and we want to be able to bring through the one that they want to hear from the most in the most impactful way, not just for our sitter, but for the world of spirit as well. So when I first started my development journey, I had a goal I set out for myself that I would do 150 free practice readings before I would even consider charging anyone for my services. What I didn't know at the time was that that would take me over three years. (laughs) And I am somebody who sticks to their commitments. I always have been. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. I'm trying to relax around that because some things that I want might not feel good in a month and I'm learning to give myself permission to change my mind. But back then I didn't have that self-awareness and I didn't have that spiritual growth that really accompanies the spiritual maturity when it comes to serving the world of spirit and serving people in a public space. So that wasn't in my awareness, but it did take me three years. 
And what happened for me was it still wasn't really on my radar to charge for the public, but I had an opportunity present itself. One of my friends who's a shamanic teacher and she was actually my shamanic mentor was hosting a winter solstice event and asked me if I would come do readings in exchange for $20 a person. And I was like, well, I can do like little mini readings, like $20 for 20 minutes, like Miss Cleo rates. And that for me, you know, there was no guarantee I would fill up all four spots because it was just, you know, an hour and a half, two hours of readings that I would be doing. It was my first time really putting myself out there and not doing public reading sessions that were organized by my mentor in a very safe space where she managed the expectations of the sitter. This was something I had to end up doing myself. And lo and behold, all four sessions booked up right away. They all went amazing. I felt very elevated and elated and expanded after that experience. I remember going to a Christmas party right after and my friends like, how did it go? They were not spiritual in any way, but they were so supportive and so sweet. And that was my real first experience of having charged for my services. What ended up happening following that is those four people told like eight more people. And all of a sudden I had people messaging me saying, hey, so you gave so-and-so a reading. I want a reading too. And I felt at that time, because I only charged these people $20, I should only charge the other people for $20. So my charging for my spiritual services started as an invitation. I don't know if that was necessarily lying from spirit because maybe I would have never have started charging because I didn't even know where to start and it wasn't anything any of my mentors were talking about. So I was kind of a fish out of water here. And then I also had guilt right away thinking about like, oh, well, $20 for 20 minutes. So I started really just doing my mediumship sessions for 20 minutes for $20. That's really how I started charging. Now I do go much more in depth through the incremental increases that I did in my business, which is really painful journey in the calling. So I do talk about money during two classes in the calling, which is my spiritual entrepreneurship program, which starts on May 18th. Links below to any details around that. It might come up a couple times in this podcast just because I want to share how I go deeper into some of the context I'm creating right now. I go deeper into this program. So you will hear me talk about it just like as a bit of an informative consent here at the beginning to let you know that but I was shocked to realize how much of the charging journey and price increase journey was actually a healing journey in itself so there was a lot of belief systems that I didn't even know I carried within myself when it came to start charging and then the demands became so high that I could no way serve everybody who wanted readings. I mean, I didn't have any social media. I didn't have a website. This was all word of mouth. And it was requiring me to be away from the family a lot more, which was causing like a lot more friction. And then I couldn't do readings at home because I had a baby, like a newborn baby and a three-year-old. And so I actually had to start renting a space, which was also charging me $20 an hour. So I had to do my first increase to $40 an hour so that I could walk away with a little bit of money and giving the space that I was renting the rest. So that was kind of one of my first business transactions where it's like, whoa, I'm like renting a space. And if I want to even make $20 from these two hours, then I need to actually increase my prices. So that was kind of my journey through initially charging and then needing to start increasing my prices around that safe time. So as my popularity grew, if you can say it like that, and as the demand for my services started to grow, the prices started to increase because I started needing to bring systems into my business, like scheduling systems. I was using my notepad on my phone for a while and it only took one double booking 
When you have two people who are looking to connect with their loved ones and are in a state of grief show up at your door at the same time and you have to pick one, that's a tough choice. So I ended up having to invest in a booking software, which I use Acuity. It's amazing. It's like a personal assistant. I'm not sponsored by them. I don't have a referral link of any kind. But then I started having to invest money in doing my practice and my business, as well as the development, which costs a lot of money too, plus the demand. And, you know, not only was I attending development outside of the family time, but then I was starting to serve outside of the family time as well. And so one of the ways that I started healing my guilt that I felt around charging for my services was I would save all that money and I would put it towards my development. And this really helped my marriage because then I wasn't like putting air quotes here, but like taking money from the family pot for my development, which my husband just couldn't really understand at that time. Keep in mind that this was like 2017. And so all the money that I would make from doing my readings was actually reinvested in my development. And it was like that for years, like I think until 2019, pretty much everything that I made was reinvested into my development, another class, another mentor, another niched workshop or whatever it was for my development, it would just be reinvested into it. But one of the things that started really becoming aware to me when I went full time in 2020 and really kind of like not understanding how somebody could make a career out of this, like, because again, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's telling you like, how do you make a living off doing readings? Because when I worked nine to five in the corporate world, and I was getting paid $60 an hour to be there nine to five, I can't do readings nine to five, like (laughs) that's impossible. And so you start having to look at, you know, how many readings do I have to do to be able to go full time into this practice? And I actually created a spreadsheet for this, which is included in the calling to start working this type of stuff out. So still not figuring it out before I went full time, I kind of had in my head, okay, to break even at my current rate, which the increment to that time was $150 Canadian for a session with me a 45-minute session, I would need to do nine readings just to pay my mortgage. So that ended up being my goal, going from nine to five, which is actually like more like eight to six because of the commuting time and all that, to going to do maybe three readings three days a week. Because the truth is you can't just do readings, right? Which I talk about multiple streams of income as a way to really thrive doing this work in the program as well. And that's something I actually had to get really creative with in my business to offset the expenses in my business, especially going from an offline to an online business, which again, I cover in the calling because it's too much to say here, but the expenses really increase as the demand increases. And then what you thought you needed to earn to be able to pay your mortgage and your food and keep in mind, I have two kids and childcare and stuff like that, which if you give up those spots, you're not getting it back. You actually have to keep paying for their spots so that they have continuous childcare you know, my expenses kept going up and my prices had to keep going up so that I still could afford to survive. And then not being able to do it all on my own, I had to end up hiring someone and now I actually have three staff. So there's a lot here, right? But I was very, very surprised at how much money and charging was connected to how I felt about myself and the worth that I had in self. And so that is something that I teach quite a bit about in the calling as well, because that really shocked me. I thought that if I got to a point in my practice where I felt good enough and I'm putting good enough in air quotes to start charging for my services and then realizing that all the healing work I did to get to that point to be able to charge was coming up again in another area of my life. 
and it was coming around my relationship with money, which our relationships with money are not just ours. They're, you know, how were you raised? What kind of money conversations were being had in your households? Maybe you had an experience like me where my mentor really made me feel guilt and shame around considering my spiritual practice an actual business because it was, right? And I carried that for years. Obviously, I still carry it if I am still talking about it too, right? You know, how much of that is actually intergenerational from the spiritual space, right? I'm going to talk about some quotes that common people say, which are really kind of like a hangover from, I don't know if it's like spiritualism only, but I've mostly heard it from people who develop in the spiritualist church, like this, like you can't charge for your gifts, et cetera, et cetera, which we'll cover later on in this podcast. So some of us are carrying that guilt, which is not even ours, but because we are in a similar sphere, we're in a similar energetic space. We therefore do carry some of the beliefs that were formulated and spoken out loud before we came into the space. So some of the healing we're doing is actually for the mediums coming up and the mediums who have like gone home before us and have paved this pathway before us, right? So I want to talk next about like some signs that you may experience that it's kind of like your soul's way or your spirit team's way. It could be either or both the same telling you to, you know, start stretching yourself and moving beyond just doing the free practice readings to start being compensated for your gifts and having that kind of like energetic exchange, okay? Now, these are some things that I personally have experienced and they're also things that I see my students experience. And it's not an exhaustive list by any means, and you may experience one, none, or many of these. And I think that this podcast episode is really good as well for sitters to listen to, even people who are not super interested in either charging to invest in your development or charging to make this a career path for yourself. But it's good for you to understand the mindset of readers so that when you go invest in a reading, you can understand that that price that you are paying, there's a whole lot of work and there's a whole lot of thought that has been put into that price. Okay, so some signs that you may be experiencing that is time is you stop looking forward to your sessions. Like I see this happen in the initiation program, my 12-week mediumship foundations experience, as well as the Spirit School Collective, which is my monthly membership, which we have an opportunity to sign up for practice readings every single week, practice readings with one another, practice readings. I have public volunteers if you want to stretch yourself and start reading for the public and all different modalities. It's not just mediumship that are practicing. But you get really gung-ho and you're like, I want two or three practice readings. And then all of a sudden you do one or two and then you will find any excuse not to make them. Or you will find that you are partnered with somebody who is either tired or, you know, something came up and they just are choosing not to do it. And you become like less invested and less excited about the sessions that you used to be very excited about, right? So this to me is like a sign that the energy exchange is off. Because what we're doing in practice sessions, instead of money in exchange for the energy of your abilities, is that the exchange in a practice setting is actually the feedback, right? That is so valuable to a developing intuitive and a developing medium. That feedback is so valuable. The next thing kind of leads into that, which is like this energetic mismatch, right? So as a personal example, I remember this was the last time I really did a free public sitting and this woman actually did end up giving me $50, which I was like, whoa, you just gave me $50 for this. I could not believe it. I felt like I won the lotto. And of course, I tried to give it back to her. 
but I had been doing practice readings. I'd had gone through that summer solstice event, but I was still kind of like teetering between a blend of free practice readings and some paid ones. And I reached out to her to say, hey, I want to practice something very specific. Do you mind sitting for me? And I ended up overworking myself and I ended up reading for like an hour and a half. And it was a very, very clear reading, but I just kept going because I kept wanting to please her because she was a big influencer. She's somebody who I admired and respected. And I ended up experiencing energy sickness after that. So I have found that through my journey, and that's just like one example, but like this energy sickness, which after a reading can come up as like flu-like symptoms, like energetic lethargy, headaches, nausea, flu-like symptoms for me has been when I've either overgave from a place of lack, not from a place of abundance. Like I don't feel like I'm doing good enough. I don't feel like you got what you needed. So therefore, I'm going to overextend on time. I'm going to overextend, you know, what I'm capable of from a place of lack, not because from the goodness of my heart. And I would experience that energy sickness. And then the same thing would come up when I was around $60. What started happening was I would start attracting certain clients that would get the reading and then tell me that they actually couldn't afford it and that they didn't have any money for me. Then I would start to feel like this really energetic balance because I started feeling that energetic exchange not being the same. And you have to think money is just energy. It's just another form of energy exchange, whereas the energy exchange before is actually the feedback, right? And so I was like, this doesn't feel fair anymore. And so that is how I started increasing my prices because I would start attracting situations like that where I was like, I don't feel like this is a fair exchange anymore. Because we become better, we become more qualified, we become more experienced, and people aren't just paying for your time, that time money exchange, they're also paying for your experience. And they're also paying for the confidence and the energy that you give off in that session as well, as well as all the development you've done and all the pre-work and post-work that goes into a session. So one of the big challenges I've had in my mentorship with other lightworkers is seeing it like that. Like my sessions are 45 minutes. For 333, you're not paying for those 45 minutes, you're paying for my 10 years. And the fact that to be able to fit you in, there are a lot of things I had to put aside, like, you know, my mentorship clients, my membership community, my visionary process that I need to continue to expand and evolve as a spiritual entrepreneur, and then the prep work and then the post work, like the cord cutting and the clearing and the, you know, assessing myself with loving eyes around where I can continue to improve so that you know, people who hire me in two months from now get a more advanced version of me. So moving people away from that, like purely time and money exchange to understanding what you are actually giving as a whole is like a huge development curve and a huge growth. And that is very closely tied to the energy exchange that you sense and feel, right? So energy sickness, not looking forward to your sessions are two signs of that inequality of the exchange. People will tell you, to start charging. This is very common. I see this happen in the Spirit School Collective all the time. Actually, just today, one of my clients, Jess, who's in there was saying on my Instagram Live, I hopped on Instagram Live before to get people's perspectives on money and spirituality. It's good for me to know where my audience is at, was saying like, oh, people in the membership keep telling me to start charging. That's a sign. For me, when I was around $150 a reading, I used to attract really crazy good people like doctors. And I remember working for a judge, uh, corrections people, lawyers, university professors. And it was always these people who 
you know, went through like 10 years of education plus and are making X amount of money who would tell me flat out, I would have paid double for this. Like you need to increase your prices. Like I would have invested double. Like I don't think you understand. And this was back in 2018. People were telling me this. And so when people say that to you, like believe them. And that's not going to be the case for everybody, but it is going to be something very common that you find on your path. You'll also find if you're undercharging, you're going to get a lot of no-shows, especially if you don't take prepayment for your sessions first, which I talk about a lot in the calling as well. We cover all of this, like the systems and processes that you want to have in your business. But if you're undercharging and not taking prepayment for the sessions, you will experience a lot of no-shows. And for me, if I get one no-show, that's usually a sign for me, okay, I need to bump up my prices to attract a more committed clientele. And there is such a thing as like this middle range pricing where, you know, you get two types of people, people who expect the world out of their investment and people who also don't take that investment totally seriously. And that's kind of where I'm at in my current business is like, I'm trying to be really accessible and affordable, but I'm also not honoring the impact that I create for my clients who are constantly telling me the impact that I create. I'm in this in-between space. So I'm still working on my own wounds around money. But as my prices increase and as my body of work expands, the issues that I'm dealing with are also elevated issues. So just to kind of give you an example of that, but you will experience no-shows quite a bit. And you will actually experience this in your practice sessions as well, which is a sign that you should also start charging for your services as well. And then the last thing I had on my list for signs is you kind of have what I had around this realization that to not just meet your basic needs of human survival, but to actually have a life where you could potentially thrive, that you have two choices. You either have to increase how many readings that you're doing, which isn't an option for many of us, especially like moms, or we have partners who don't quite understand what we're doing, or you have to start charging more. Like those are the only really two options. And so that's also a sign to not just charge, but also increase your prices. So one of the things that I cover in the calling is multiple streams of income when it comes to the spiritual work. So I will cover more of that in the calling, but just to give you a little bit of sense of that. So the other thing I really wanted to talk about were some of the really common stories around stories that a lot of us carry, and it's not our fault. So if you feel called out, please don't, because these are all things that I have also gone through and have had to navigate and heal within myself to be somebody who can really thrive in a spiritual business. And I am still myself, like even though like my prices have increased, my programs do really well, my membership does really well, I am still reinvesting in my practice. So I still take home a very modest income myself, but I have three staff now and I have an online school and I have, you know, a membership and all of this costs quite a bit to run. And in the calling, I actually show you all my expenses and I show you ways that you could save money yourself. If I were to do everything all over again, what would I do differently to kind of like streamline things and keep costs down? So I won't go deep into that into the podcast, but I do cover it there. But these are all common stories and wounds that I have had to overcome. And I know I'm not going to be alone here. And the most common and the most old school I find is you should not charge for your gifts. Now, here's the truth. We are all born with these gifts, but only a few of us turn these gifts into true abilities that could be impactful for others and shared with others. And I want you to feel the difference of that. Yes, they are gifts, but we turn them into abilities. 
And that's a come you'll hear a lot of like more modern mediums now say like these aren't gifts, they're abilities. We're all born with these gifts, right? But it takes a lot of time and not in every case, but in some cases, a lot of financial investment to learn different modalities, different ways of doing this work, different techniques through a bunch of different mentors. And hopefully more and more mentors will really start charging their worth out there. But you do, for the most part, financially invest to some level in turning these gifts into actual abilities that are serving not only the world of spirit, but actual people. And that's really what we want to do here. And there are people who don't charge for readings. And I went through a whole year of not charging for readings. I wanted to experiment with that. And I wanted to see who I would attract by doing free readings for a year. And I didn't charge for a single reading for an entire year. And I just started charging again in late December. So yeah, you know, this to me is like one of those old spiritualist kind of hangovers. And I love spiritualism in so many ways. You know that I've done a whole history of mediumship on this, but I have only heard this concept and mindset from that religion. And not everyone, but the people who have said it have been a hangover from that. And I'm here to tell you, I read a spiritism book by Alan Kardec called The Medium's Book and The Spirit's Book from back in the mid 1800s. And he has a whole section in the book on why people who choose to be mediums and intermediaries for the spirit world need to charge. So somewhere between like the 1800s and like the 1990s, there was a storyline that was created. I don't know the origin of it. I know where I've heard it from the most myself from my experience, but that you shouldn't charge for these abilities. Now, I think it was Gordon Smith who I heard this through Michael Mayo, but I know that he says I don't charge for readings because they're inconsistent. And that is 100% true. Readings are inconsistent by nature. And anyone who does readings will be nodding their head right now. Like, yes, they are. I wish they would be more consistent, but they're not because every sitter is different. Every spirit communicator is different. We show up differently every single day. And those are the three ingredients needed for the recipe around mediumship, a sitter, a medium, a spirit communicator. And those aren't consistent. We're not consistent. We're cyclic, right? There is that belief. But I also find from my experience In my sessions and the sessions of a lot of people who are drawn to study under me is we're not just giving mediumship information. We're also giving psychic information. We're also being a educational resource for the people who are obviously spiritually curious enough to come see us. So there is a lot more that happens in a session than just purely channeling the divine. So you have to think outside of that because a lot of people too are like, well, I don't get names, so I can't charge this yet. I'm like, there's so much more that you can offer than just that. And we need to kind of open up our minds to that. But this like, we shouldn't charge for our gifts that will sit good for a few people. But if it's not your truth to carry, please let it go. Because yeah, everyone has these gifts, but it only takes a few people to turn them into abilities that can be useful for others. Okay, so the other story is, how could I charge X amount of dollars for X amount of time? So this time for money exchange is like obviously formed from the industrial revolution, colonialism, right? Colonization. This time for money is a very wounded masculine paradigm. And it's a very old story that is just etched in capitalism. We know that things are shifting as a collective with that because more and more people are becoming more entrepreneurs. We have the great resignation happening, you know, post pandemic, people are starting to realize what work-life balance looks like. And we're starting to realize that time and money exchange, oh, I'm getting covered in shivers talking about this, but the time money exchange is like an old way of being that is not serving where we are going. 
So again, it's not just the time in the session that is accounted for in the price. It is the years of experience and development. It is the prep before and after. And the fact I'm just using mediumship as an example here, but mediumship is a lifestyle, right? So my whole life is being in a way that gets me prepared to serve the world of spirit and the people who are chosen to work with me, not just through a mediumship setting, but through my development teaching and through my mentorship that I do for other people. So I have to continue to grow, learn and evolve myself. I have to continue to walk through fire, overcome my limiting beliefs so that I can therefore turn around and teach it to other people. And we can only really teach what we're embodied in. So that's just one of the things I sign up for. So when I look at the initiation and the way that I price that, you know, it's doubled in price since I launched it. But the reality is I have invested over 300 hours in creating that program, just creating it, not executing it, not marketing it, not promoting it, not talking about it, not even thinking about it. But the actual creation of it was over 300 hours of my time. And I continue to improve and expand on it and and grow it. And the way that I teach it and the way I structure it continues to expand and evolve too. So therefore, the price is going up. So you're not paying what it was this last round, 888 for six hours of live classes and 30 hours of self-study content, right? You're paying for the impact it has created for hundreds of people who have walked through it, the 300 hours that it took me to plan, record, post, edit, publish it, and create that structure, create the Facebook community, create all the things that go through it. I'm not even considering the promotion time, the time I think about it. And actually my business manager who's also awesomely named Danielle, just told me today, because my membership, you know, it's very low tickets, $111 a month. It's by far the cheapest thing you can do to work with me. And she was like, I want you to start tracking your hours because you invest more in this membership than anything else you do. And the price doesn't reflect that. So my choice is either going to be increasing the price of the membership or scaling back all the creative juices and all the creative forces that I kind of put into it. And I don't know how to do less, (laughs) just so anyone knows. So therefore, it is very likely that the membership price will increase. So I have people in the membership who are paying $77 Canadian because they're grandfathered into that price. And people who invest in whatever tier they're at get to stay at that. But the more I'm able to bring into that space, the price has to reflect it, which is why the price has continued to increase for that space. And it will until it doesn't feel like it's a fair exchange for me. So You can't look at time and money as an equal crossover exchange. One thing that continually comes up for me, and this is a story that a lot of you will probably experience if you haven't already, is what if they cannot afford it, right? That was huge for me. And the funny is my experience as a purchaser has never been that. But for some reason, my experience as somebody who charges for my mentorship and my readings And my programs and my time and my energy and my experience is that I'm continually underpricing and under evaluating what I bring through my programs and my membership and my one on one because I want it to be accessible and affordable to people, which is how come I have different tiered structures and the membership continues to be that kind of entry level investment into my world, into my knowledge, because I want it to be accessible. But this is still something that I'm continuing to grow and work on myself, right? Because I have this assumption that it's too expensive or people won't invest in it when I really have no place 
to make those assumptions about other people because the truth is when I was 17 years old and I was maybe making $21,000 a year, I was still investing at that time in the year 2000, like Sylvia Brown's still alive here. I was still investing $200 to get mediumship readings without batting an eye. Without batting an eye, I remember being 18, paying $500 to see Sylvia Brown front row. And I was investing in that without even batting an eye because that was my choice. So where does the wound come from then that we're making assumptions that other people can't afford it when I very well may be attracting people who are just like me? And it's like, if I'm spending money anywhere, this is where I'm spending it. Like, why don't I think like that? So this is a wound I'm currently still continuing to move through and trying to balance that accessibility versus the impact because the last thing, if I don't take care of this based off this episode, what I'm telling you is I will either not want to do it, I will get energy sick, and then nobody wins. I don't win, my clients don't win. So it's very important for me as somebody who is leading hundreds of people every single year through a very similar journey that I continue to work through my stuff and I continue to walk through this fire so that I can be an example of what is possible. So I'm very committed to continuing to increase my price and increase my capacity to hold space for more people so I can continue to be a model of what is possible for people who want to chase their dreams. See, I almost just threw up because that makes me so nervous. (laughs) I just kind of gagged, but it's what I signed up to do here and it's what I declared to the world the spirit I want to do, right? So here I am continuing to walk this path and sharing everything with you guys along the way. And then the final story that we have around this is I am not good enough yet. Oh, actually, the last thing I want to say around the people who cannot afford it, that storyline that we have, and I want you to hear me really clearly around this. There is a reader at every price point, and there is a reader for every sitter. And even sitters who cannot afford a reading, there are so many people doing it for free, especially because they are still carrying around the belief of the first thing I talked about, we shouldn't charge for our gifts, which is totally cool. And everyone has their own path, their own dharma that they have to walk, their own karma. So no judgment for anyone who carries any of this. But there is literally a reader at every single price point. I used to be $20, guys. And for three and a half years before that, I was free. And then now I'm $333, and that's probably going to end up going up as well. So, you know, we don't have to feel so bad. So when I have people who come into my DMs and say like, oh, I just can't afford it. And I said, you know, that's okay. I have tons of free resources. I have a podcast. There's a free course on spirit school. You know, my membership's really low ticket. I got like a blog. I got my Instagram is jam-packed with videos that are incredible value, as valuable as some of my paid programs. So I'm able to point them to a body of work that is free and then also reassure them. Just keep looking. Ask your spirit team to guide you to someone who's at the perfect energetic match for you. And you know what? That reader will be so grateful to serve you and you will be so grateful to find somebody who is completely accessible to you at this time, okay? And that is very, very true, and that is the truth. So we need to try to see some of our wounds and some of our limiting beliefs from a different perspective, okay? And then the I am not good enough. Yes, you are, right? You have to trust the world of spirit here a little bit. I believe that everyone who chooses to work with me, whether it's mentorship, community, program, one-on-one, readings, My spirit team and your spirit team had something to do with that alignment. Same with my spirit messages. I'm constantly telling you guys, I'm just speaking to the people I know who will be drawn to listen to this. Your spirit team and your soul had something to do with that to come into alignment. So this I'm not good enough story yet needs to go away because the truth is it doesn't matter how good we are, we are always going to want to be better. 
right? And this is chasing that discontentment where we are constantly looking for that next thing and not appreciating where we are. Totally different story, but they're completely aligned. You are good enough. And if spirit has brought somebody to your chair, it's because they have chosen you and they know that you can help serve them. And I even see my biggest pain in the butt clients and the people who have made me mad and the people who I've kind of cut out of my life in a lot of ways, I know that spirit brought them to me too, because I needed to learn to stand on my power. I needed to learn to stop making so much accommodations. Some of the hardest lessons I've had in like firing clients and like kind of like, you know, cutting cords with certain people have been huge experiences for me that have showed me how I actually think about myself. I was like, I actually didn't think I was worthy but I know I'm worthy and I was able to exercise my worth through this experience. So just trust that and trust the world of spirit. Okay. So kind of in closing here, I just want to say like, you will know when it's time to start charging, just trust yourself. You might experience something outside of what I talk about here. It's all fine, but you'll get a hit. You'll get a hit and you'll know. You need to understand that there is going to be deep healing as you walk this path. And I say the same thing about mediumship development. You might think that you know, becoming as clear of a connection requires more sitting in the power, more doing practice readings. And then you find out that actually standing up for yourself over here to your boss completely translated over into your readings where all of a sudden you feel powerful and it had nothing to do with development, had to do with life, right? So that's a come I'm passionate, especially in the collective about not just developing abilities and gifts, but developing the human and the things that come up on the human path. So you will be shocked to know that so much of this like money and spirituality journey is actually in the healing that you're going to have to do in your human. So please just be prepared for that. Not all the stories that you have around this spirituality and money are yours to carry. One of the quickest exercises I do around this is I just say thank you spirit for removing what is not mine to carry and allowing me to keep what is mine to carry. And because I believe in the power of voice, the power of intention, I trust that if it serves the highest and greatest good of all involved, because I declare that and I made that intention through the energy of my voice, and so it is. And that's how I choose to carry what is only mine to carry. You'll also experience similar wounds when you move into going from practice readings to paid readings. You will also experience the same wounds every time you increase your price, every time. So be prepared for that as well. Just because you start charging doesn't mean the lessons are behind you. So just be prepared for that. And I want you to also consider your practice as being a lifelong journey, okay? This is like one of the things that keeps me the most grounded. I'm in no rush to be like a world famous like millionaire medium or anything like that or spiritual teacher or whatever you want to say that I do. I know that if I continue this path, that may be a reality for me eventually, but it's not something I'm in a hurry for. I want to be old and gray doing this work. I don't want to retire from this work. I don't want to like get like $6 million and then like live a life of quiet luxury for the rest of my life. I can see myself doing this work for the rest of my life. Being old gray, little bitty, going backwards in time. Maybe I'll go back to $20 doing them at my kitchen table again. Unlisted services. That's a dream of mine, believe it or not. And it's a very romantic idea. But the fact that I can see myself being old and gray And, you know, at the end of my days, like being in love with this work still means that I'm in no rush to make things happen now. So it's important that you hear from me that it took me three and a half years to start charging because I do have people who leave my 12-week program, which used to be a six-week program, by the way, 
putting up a website and starting to charge possibly before they're really ready. And I want you to do it if it feels good. I don't want you to hear my story and think like, oh, I have to wait three years. No, you don't. Your timeline is going to be completely different than my timeline. But what I do want you to hear from me right now is that there is no rush and you are not in a hurry to make this happen and work out for you, okay? I love the growing journey. I love that I get to walk through so much pain to get to so much clarity because I get to turn around and teach that because I have experienced it and I'm embodied in it. So we're never chasing a destination. This is a path that will continue to unfold for the rest of your life if you choose to stay on it. So please calm down. (laughs) You're not in a rush (laughs) is basically what I want to say. And you know, this podcast I've wanted to record for years and I never felt ready and today I feel ready. This may turn a lot of people off talking about spirituality and money and that is very indicative of where you might still need healing because somewhere along the way, somebody chose money as being the energetic exchange to meeting the basic needs of our human survival. Before that, it was wares and services, but we are living within the construct of what has been created before us and it is up to us to do the healing required to be able to create lives for ourselves and the generations after us that set them up for success. So we have to walk that path and do it first. So it's worth healing. And if you're interested in more about the business side of the spiritual practice, whether you're considering it this year or you've already been doing it for a year, this is good for beginner, advanced and intermediate business people, okay? We're gonna be covering like marketing, we're gonna be covering energetics, which is so important. Most of my business is actually based off of energetics and attracting. We're going to have two classes around money wounds and pricing our services. And I have kind of like a workbook and formula that will help guide you through that. We're going to be covering a whole bunch of stuff, masculine and feminine energy, alignment, policies, scheduling and structures. So it's a 12-week program. There's going to be six live two-hour classes. There's going to be Q&As peppered in with it. By the time this publishes, probably won't be any spots left, but I did create six spots that you can upgrade to a one-on-one with me with some Voxer support. I may very well do an intimate mastermind on the back end of this for people who are like really serious about growing a spiritual business. So lots of opportunity to learn from me in the calling. It's still very affordable. I know it's going to be double the price next time I run it. So it's 888 US right now. So feel free to go check out the link if you're interested in this. And if you're not and it's not the right time, I will be doing this again in February 2023. So it's not now or never, but it's definitely going to probably be double the price next time I run it. So just keep that in mind. I hope you found this topic interesting. I hope you found it helpful. And yeah, I'll see you on the next episode of Spirit School. Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in Spirit School.